Welcome to Making Bank, the show for Bankless DAO by Bankless DAO, where each week we highlight a project and a personality from inside the Bankless DAO. We want to showcase the work that we do and the people who do it. This is our story as we journey to become more bankless. If you want to learn more about what it is that we do, then just keep listening. We hope you enjoy today's episode of Making Bank. Hi, I'm Drost. Today I'll be chatting with Perchy, creator of Chippies and the bankless locations they inhabit within the bankless nation. He's an OG member of Bankless DAO, and you'll recognize his playful characters in many a Discord chat. Bankless DAO members can commission their own chippy for just 0.08 ETH. Only 500 chippy will ever be created. When they're gone, they're gone. Links to Perchy's work on OpenSea and Rarible are in the show notes if you'd like to check out his art while you're listening. We also recorded this with video, and we'll make that available as well on the Bankless DAO YouTube channel. All right. Hi, Perchy. How are you today? Hi, Trust GM. I'm doing well. Thanks so much for having me on. We're going to talk about your art and chippies and the bankless locations, but before we get into your characters and stuff, maybe you'd like to give a little bit of background on how you got into crypto, joining Bankless DAO, your you know the your illustrate. I mean, there's so much to talk about, but but maybe start with that. How did you get into this space in the first place? What prompted that? Yeah, good question. I never know where to start with this these stories. I guess from the beginning, I heard about Bitcoin 2013-2014. Um a friend told me about it. I I did some research about Bitcoin and I was pretty fascinated by it almost right away. And then I think during the uh 2017 crypto bull run, all the the altcoins, that was my next level step of, of getting really far down the rabbit hole, I guess, just kind of turning this interest into an all-consuming passion and and hobby. And yeah, I guess that was around the time I'd started, I, I found David Hoffman's original podcast, even before the Bankless podcast, he was doing this crypto podcast with a friend of his. Uh, I think I found it through Reddit somehow, and it, it was only like a few episodes in and I started listening. And so David Hoffman, through his podcast, got me, sold me on the the Ethereum narrative as well. And yeah, after that, I, I discovered the, the Bankless podcast when Ryan and David launched that. And I was fortunate enough to have been a subscriber to the Bankless podcast, um, a premium subscriber. So I was eligible for the, uh, the Bankless DAO airdrop when that happened. And that was right around the time I was leaving my old job. I'm a former teacher and I was looking for the next thing to do. And that just happened to coincide almost perfectly with the launch of the Bankless DAO. So I was like, okay, here's uh, a chance to finally make something happen in, in the crypto space for me. And it just seemed like Providence. I was just right place, right time. And just so excited to take part in the Bankless DAO, whatever that was going to turn out to be, especially in those very early days. It's very chaotic. No one <laughs> on, the, on the Discord, it was my first time using Discord, joining the, the Bankless DAO and first time using Twitter and, and all of that. Yeah, it was a very, very chaotic and exciting time, the, the first few weeks of the DAO. Yeah, it was pretty chaotic there in those early days. What's been your impression? I remember actually one of your one of your um, drawings. It's a Narnia thing. Speaks to that. You want to maybe comment on that? Yeah, yeah, that was I think my most popular comic I've made. The Narnia thing. Maybe we'll 
we can bring up an image of it for the video part, but it's some people working on the DAO and it's very primitive and very simple. And then one person steps outside of the portal and comes back 12 hours later, 12 hours of their time later. And of course, thousands of years have passed in, in DAO time and so much has happened, so much has changed. And even not being a Narnia fan, I think many know that that sort of that trope of time passing differently in and out of the, the portal. And that just felt like something that really resonated with the DAO experience, especially in those very early stages. You would you'd go to sleep, you'd log off for the day and you'd come back the next day and there'd be two, three, ten new projects, new ideas spun up that that you had no idea what they were, where they came from. Yeah, it was just such a such a chaotic struggle, like trying to keep up with everything that was happening until eventually you, you kind of just realized, oh, I can't keep up with this. And I'm, I guess I'm not really supposed to. And then there's ways of finding your uh, niche inside of the DAO or ways of distilling some of that information down to the most important parts, like listening to the community call. You find ways and you realize maybe I'm not supposed to uh, <laughs> not supposed to process every single thing that's happening inside of the DAO because that's literally impossible. Yeah, that was the first thing that happened to me too. You want to be aware of everything. And you're right, this Narnia piece just really speaks to it. It's really amazing how fast things happen. And I think that's what people are starting to realize is that you can't be everywhere. You can't know everything. You have to pick the things that you can focus on and try and do that really well. And I think we're in those growing pain, that growing pain area right now. Totally. Yeah. But yeah, your, your art just really speaks to, to everything about a bankless DAO. And I'm wondering, have you always been a, a cartoonist, illustrator? I mean, is this something you, you kind of got into later just as a hobby or? Yeah, I would do some illustrations. I would do I, I have a notebook I would carry around and I would do some comic, just some funny things that would occur to me. I would, I would turn them into comics sort of as a, sometimes it would be as a journal, just things that were going on in my life. Sometimes just, just totally disconnected, just stuff that was straight out of my imagination, but wasn't really sharing that with anyone. It was just for my own personal pleasure. But yeah, it's always been something that's been in my mind, been something that I've wanted to do and find the right way to share that creative side with other people. And so it just seemed like a pretty natural step to take when when there was the DAO, because suddenly with the DAO, there was a theme that I could center all of this art around. It wouldn't just be my my own personal life story or, or, or these things that, that didn't seem like they'd be very relevant to other people. Suddenly, I thought that people inside of the Bankless DAO would appreciate and resonate with comics that were related to the DAO and related to their experiences, my experiences, but but experiences that I feel we're, we're all sharing, as, as you said with the Narnia thing, you all, you and I felt the same thing there. And I think that's what I'm going for, kind of these shared crypto experiences that we all relate to. Yeah, when I got your puzzle and just going around to all of these locations within the bankless nation and all the detail you've got with your chippies and, and inhabiting this world. I just love all of the characters and the art here and the lore behind it and that members can have their own custom chippies created. And I have not had mine created yet with these very simple drawings. They really do capture a person's personality. 
which is really fun. I, I just love that. What I've got up right now is your website, which is thefutureisdow.com. And these are really great because this really tells the story of the Mankless Dow. We won't go through them all now because you've got, I think you're up to what, 98 cartoons here? Something like that. I think a little less, but yeah, in that, in that vicinity. Yeah. <laughs> and it really does tell the story of the, the very early chippies here. <laughs> uh, these are very early. This is when you're still developing your style. And I just love them. I think they're a lot of fun. And, and I encourage everybody who's listening to, to go ahead and check out both your website where these cartoons are, as well as your Rarible and OpenSea accounts. What's the best way for people to reach you? Twitter is good. And Discord is also very good. I've become a little bit less active in the in kind of the general Bankless DAO Discord activity, but I still look out for any DMs and any anytime someone ats me in the Discord, I'm, I'm always aware of that. And on Twitter, I'm active on there as well. So yeah, those are probably the best ways to, to get in touch with me. All right, cool. So your Twitter handle is at the future is Dow one. Is that correct? That's right. Yeah. Great. And then mm-hmm. your Discord handle is Perchy. Perchy number 8133. Perchy pound 8133. Good to know. And then in your profile, a uh, person can see there where to, how to request a chippy and all of that, right? Yeah. I get requests coming through Twitter DMs or through Discord. I get, I think I need to be following you on Twitter in order for you to DM me. So if, if I'm not following you on Twitter, you can always get me on Discord or just at me on Twitter and, and say you're interested in a chippy and then I'll find you. Okay. So cool. Good. There's ways. Yeah. All right. Great. And those chippies are, and correct me if I'm wrong, but are those only available to Bankless DAO members? That was my initial plan was that they were only going to be for Bankless DAO members and all of the initial chippies were just from, yeah, a lot of the people that I had met in those very early days of the DAO. At this point, I don't know exactly who all of the the people who have all the chippies. I know the the vast majority of them are Bankless DAO, some in some way affiliated with the Bankless DAO. But if if someone outside of the DAO is, was interested in a in a chippy as well, they're welcome to it. Oh, okay. I feel like the, the community it's not completely exclusive to Bankless DAO, but it turns out that almost all chippy I think are one way or another connected to to the DAO. Yes, so somehow connected, right? Cool. Yeah, this interview has been a little bit different than, actually quite a bit different than some of my other interviews I've done because we're talking about your art so much and not so much about you. And and that is what tends to happen because that's just how people know you is through your art, typically. Um, <laughs> but you've recently yeah, made well, some life changes. I'm sorry, I didn't, I didn't interrupt. Go ahead. Oh, no, yeah, I've made some life changes. Absolutely, yeah. I'll talk a little bit about myself. I don't really share the side of me very much. I, I feel like in the bankless community, I've, I've, I've talked about my artwork. That information's out there. Maybe people are, are interested a little bit more about my backstory. I don't know. But I used to be uh, a teacher until basically until the DAO started. And then I, I transitioned to, let's call it Web3 on- entrepreneurship, or however you describe what you do as a DAO member slash NFT creator. But I'm, I'm American. I grew up in Arizona and I have been an international teacher for the last 
10 years or so. I've, I've lived mostly overseas in uh, South Korea and Myanmar, mainly between those two countries, South Korea and Myanmar. So actually, this might be of interest to some. Uh, one of the main reasons I, I left my, my teaching job was there was a, a coup in Myanmar. The democratically elected government was taken over by the military there. The military has always had a very strong presence, and they jailed the democratic leaders. And so became kind of a, a very dangerous situation. So my girlfriend and I, we made our plans to leave Myanmar. Just a, it's a really a sad situation there. We left behind friends and our, our students that we taught. I'd been living in Myanmar for five years. I had you know very strong connections with my students who are primarily locals there. And so they were just devastated to see their country going in such a terrible direction. But uh, yeah, it just became very difficult for foreigners to live there. So my girlfriend and I, we went to the U.S. for a little bit. And then she's also uh, a teacher. She got some work in uh, Costa Rica, which is where we're both living now. And that's where I've been just living for the past six or eight months now, working on DAO stuff and NFT stuff, just creating my bankless locations and creating Chippy and um, getting more and more involved in the DAO and NFT space. Cool. So that's a lot less stressful. I was just thinking about your Myanmar story, and you see this repeated around the world, and it makes you wonder. But moving on to your... I guess when you're in crypto and in DAOs as well, you just you see a lot of things through that lens. And I guess while I was living in Myanmar, even before the recent political crisis where the government was taken over, people have had a history of, of mistrust of banks in, in that country. And you would hear stories of, of people just having apartments that they would rent out where they would just fill it with, with paper money because they don't want to take that money to their banks because the military has such a strong influence there. And historically, they the military has just raided people's bank accounts. And that's yeah, that's the situation they're in now. If, you're, if you can't really trust any of that government infrastructure there because the institutions are just so weak and tenuous yeah is that what? put everything into a crypto lens well, yeah but i was mm -hmm. going to jump into that which is when you have a hammer everything's a nail but right. you know, when i look at why i i got into this space and and it is it does have to do with with increasing distrust of institutions and whether they're making decisions that are for the best or if it's just to line somebody's pocket or something that's politically expedient or whatever. Is that what got you in this whole experience in Myanmar and, and being having gone through that? Is that what kind of made that, that light bulb go on? I definitely feel that my um, experiences living outside of the United States have given me a, kind of a different perspective on cryptocurrency and maybe highlighted the narrative that I think a lot of people living in developed Western countries kind of miss is that kind of hedge against institutions and protection against all of that. Because in Western developed countries, we are used to things functioning very smoothly. We have in the US, we enjoy the privileges of working financial institutions that are for the most part pretty good. You don't Really, we complain about it in crypto sometimes about banks closing or being annoying. But for, for the most part, banks 
in the United States function really well, and you're trying to sell someone on the idea of crypto, they say, what's wrong with Venmo? What's wrong with Zelle or any of these other apps I can use? Yeah, until um, they lock you out of your account. Until you're locked. Yeah, now that I think it's shifting now with recent events where people are becoming maybe a little more aware of Western countries and these things they've taken for granted might not always be there. But I, I think, yeah, I think living abroad gave me that perspective maybe a little bit put that in a different perspective for me. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. I, I think I shared with you briefly and my partner and I had lived in Costa Rica for a bit. We were there for about a year mm-hmm. we moved down. We started going through the residency process. We were on the pathway to get residency and then the goal ultimately being citizenship, but it, it was really fun. We really enjoyed it. It's a beautiful country. And, uh, but I would think for you as a, as an illustrator artist, it's really inspiring with all the colors and crazy jungle plants and the 400 plus species of hummingbirds and you just go down the list. Yeah, totally. It's such a beautiful country and I just feel really lucky to, to be here and, and to be able to just uh, ex- start exploring it. Yeah, my partner and I, we also got a car and we got a little tent built onto the roof of our car. I'd never even heard of this before coming here, but apparently it's fairly common here where you get a tent installed onto the top of the car and we can just drive to places and wherever we drive to, we just have the tent there. So we could just, the tent folds like right out. We sleep on the roof of the car. Sounds uncomfortable, but it's actually pretty nice. Well, you want to be on uh, the ground, that's for sure. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the whole point. Yeah. Stay off the ground. Yeah. You don't want lots of little, lots, lots of, of surprises in the middle um, of the night. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think our first time using that tent, we were, we were out in this beautiful, like mountainous area and we're just about to go to sleep. And we start hearing these, like these screams from the jungle and later found out they were howler monkeys. But the first time you hear howler monkeys, like oh my God, calling yes. out and you don't know what it is, it's uh, a little bit frightening. Oh, it sounds <laughs> they're, like they're something from loud. the depths of hell. Yeah. They sound like yeah. they're 12 feet tall. But they're these t- these little yeah, guys. Fun adventure. Yeah. Well, we go um, all over the place here. We should probably uh, get back to uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> talk about Costa Rican dreams and hummingbirds. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we're coming up on a year of Bankless DAO, and you've been in crypto mm-hmm. for a few years now, and you've developed your art. You know, it's funny looking back at those early early cartoons, and you know they're still fairly simple drawings, but they're really refined. Maybe uh, loop back here. You've alluded to more bankless locations. I believe it was bankless location number one. Was bankless location number one Mount Doge? Yes. Yes, it was. Yeah. You never did hear me do that that voiceover for the thing, did you? No. I. Oh, you, did you do a voiceover for the uh, the description of it? I did. I'm just gonna. I would love. I I would love to hear that. Yeah. Uh, Um, Rather rather than cue up a a thing, I'll just do it uh, because I love doing the voice. What I did, I did like a a David Attenborough, who is who's just really excited and enamored of the thing. I'll just do this live, but I recorded it as well. There we go. Mount Doge National Park is a playful oasis. Well, warring crypto tribes set aside their differences and are civil to one another. Whether you want to play with doges, delve deep into the doge mines, 
watch the doge storms roll in across the plains, or buy some tank memes. There's no debate. Mount Doge is the place for you. Anyway, so I've been I've been just playing around <laughs> with that because you you wrote those. Yourself. Oh my goodness! Oh my god, that is wonderful. <laughs> I feel yeah, like I'll do when another I was one for writing... If you like those, okay, please. One. <laughs> yeah, okay, is, I'm going to do Dowtown now, and and we'll do this with a kind of a but Western guy sound anyway i'll just do it. see this is what i do i make it harder to edit for myself what we've done up till now is really <laughs> easy i don't have to edit it now i gotta fix everything but anyway here we go we're out west in the frontier lands a vibrant chaotic community of dows blossoms a steady stream of tired hopeful migrants make their way to dow town in search of more fulfilling work they are the pioneers who will settle and build out the bankless nation that's probably not my best, but anyway, enough of that. Wow, such range! I, I loved both of those uh, those interpretations of of that, and I feel like you really nailed what I was going for. I think for the first for Mount Doge, I definitely I don't know if I thought specifically about Attenborough, but yeah, that was definitely the vibe I was trying to communicate there. So good job, you nailed those. <laughs> uh, Thanks a lot. Yeah. Anyway, so you only have what, like three locations now? Which one is the chart? So you've got the charts is number four. So I have decided to make eight locations total. So with the charts, I'm exactly halfway through the bankless locations. So I'm going to, I'm going to be making four more, which I haven't announced yet what those locations will be with the exception of the final location, which I decided from the very beginning that the final location has to be the the bankless DAO itself. There's still three locations out there that I have not announced what they will be. People could probably guess or get pretty good guesses about what they will be. Trying to have a, a, a wide range of these important crypto locations of how would you really think about the meme hubs? This one was just all about the crypto markets themselves, which, Everybody in crypto, in one way or another, thinks about the charts, thinks about the price. Even if we, we tell ourselves that we're above looking at the price, everybody checks it from time to time. And I wanted this to just represent just how wild and, and chaotic the markets can be and just kind of putting in little hidden jokes and memes and chippies all, all throughout that kind of illustrates those ideas. I'm sorry. They're affordable. I try to keep them um, priced uh, at an affordable amount. I, I don't want people to feel like they're priced out of them. They're meant to be fun. They're meant to be uh, collectible. Uh, a lot of people have told me that my first NFT was that I created the map that we looked at was their first NFT. And that just means a lot to me that there are some people out there that my NFT is the first one that they acquired. And I wanted, I just wanted to make that available to people. Some Sometimes in the NFT space, you just get to these really crazy valuations. That can be fun as well in a different way, but I, I wanted this to be something that people could have and it's not going to be super high stakes around it to get in. Awesome. I really like that about it too. I, I think it's super clever and the fact that these characters are affordable and you can have custom ones created. I just think it's super cool and you've really created a, a whole world there that didn't exist a year ago. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Um, 
Didn't exist, yeah. I'm definitely adding my own imagination and my own touches to it, but I think this world did exist before me. This world was out there, and I think that's why people resonate with it is because it's like the Narnia thing. I, I try to touch on these things that we share. It, if you've looked at crypto charts for a while, you'll recognize things that are happening in the charts, or if you've been involved in DAOs, you'll see things in Town that, that resonate <laughs> So I might be adding like a little bit of my own touches to it, but, oh, but for sure. I want it to be something. This is a shared experience that we're all going through together. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. But no, you're right. It is a shared experience. And I think that's what makes it so fun, whether it's Mount Doge or the Bankless Nation or any of the locations. And you look really closely at the chippies and you see your friends in there. <laughs> and the lore, like I was talking about with the puzzle, I just sit here giggling about things because it, it so well relates to what we've been working on and the firehose of information and the excitement and the despair and, and the roller coaster. And yeah, there's so much to it. It really lends itself to storytelling. Oh, thank you so much for saying that. It makes me really happy to, to hear that. Yeah, I've never felt a dull moment in crypto and I've been in it for years and it's it's just so exciting all the time. Maybe exciting is the wrong word. It's just, uh, I don't know. I, I don't think I will ever get bored of crypto. There's always something else to learn, something else to discover. It makes me feel like a child in some ways, just that limitless discovery that you experience when you're a kid. And so that's w one reason my drawings are childlike, I think, is that's how I feel. I feel this childlike experience when I'm thinking about crypto. Yeah, I love it. That I think that's what makes it fun. It does bring out the kid in you. I mean, there's money involved, but it's easy to get stressed out. There's a lot going on. There's a lot of fun stuff. And we're here because it is fun and there's passion. I mean, Granted, the overarching goal is to provide for our families, have financial security, all of that. But you know, I think this is one of the things that differentiates it from traditional finance. Uh, traditional finance, yeah, I mean, that's that's always the goal. But it's not very fun. There's nothing very entertaining <laughs> about traditional finance. And I have a degree in finance, and it's just dry as dry can be to me because I'm more into this kind of stuff. And so to combine finance with creativity and comedy and passion and memes, there's just so much there to draw from. And, and I think that's one of the reasons it's so compelling for me anyway. Oh, yeah, I completely agree with what you just said. And we could probably talk for hours about that, how crypto is reinventing finance and making financial things fun. I learned a little bit about finance before crypto, but like many people, I think, and it sounds like you already had that background in finance before, but I've heard this from many people that they learned about finance because of crypto. And I think that's a really valuable Thing because it's important. Uh, it's an important skill to just to understand money, to understand that whole side of things. And if, if crypto is going to inspire or teach that to people and make it fun again, then then I see that as a good thing. And there's a lot of caveats there that we probably don't need to get into. But yeah, hundred percent. I've seen that before. Where somebody will say, "Oh, I'm not really a math person," and they'll quote all these batting averages and earned run uh, right. stuff. It's like, oh, you don't understand math, huh? Okay. So yeah, I mean, if you can tie them together. Fine. Yeah, you tie it to real world application uh, or something that you're interested in. For me, that was poker. I, I did not consider myself a math person, but I could recite poker odds. I could do those calculations when 
the the cards are out there. But prior to getting into poker, I didn't consider myself math oriented at all. I can see the groundwork for this in play to earn games and in NFTs. And I, I'm just picturing the next generations, hopefully my generation as well, because I'm really eager to get into some good NFT games while I'm you know still young enough to enjoy yeah, them. Sure. But I can foresee these NFT games teaching these really valuable, really complex concepts to people because the the game is what brings them in. But then they're going to learn about the economics behind it. And in learning, you learn something inside of a game, but it's real. You can then take that and, and apply that theory that you've learned how to do and apply it to anything. Yeah, that's um, a huge unlock right there. And I think pre-gamer generations didn't get that. I know my parents totally getting yeah. shit about being on the computer all the time. You need to get away from the computer and quit playing all the damn games and get out and get some sunshine. Well, yeah, I like to ride my bike. I like to go play in the dirt stuff, but man, this is fun. And it really it is a skill development level and beyond just fast twitch shooter games, you get into the strategy and having to make decisions. And then I've also seen a new mechanic starting to emerge, which is what if you couldn't respawn in the environment? What if you really did only get one life in the game like you do in real life? You'd be a lot more careful with a character. Maybe you'd play the game differently. Or like a legendary character with a lot of experience points or whatever, and you you put it up as collateral, for example, in, say, a poker game. Man, you're not going to do that. That's your most valuable character. Are you kidding? I don't know. Maybe you would. (laughs) It's so wild to think about uh, just the, yeah, what the the future of all of this is going to be you go um, to the bank and say well my collateral the, for my loan is uh is a bunch of perchy uh nfts <laughs> <laughs> right yeah that'll be a milestone when we have the first collateral perchy nft all right we could talk about this all day. Uh, any parting notes so we've talked about chippies we've talked about upcoming bankless locations we talked about your journey yeah if this is coming out before the permissionless conference i will be at permissionless i'm very excited to be there and to meet everybody uh if you're connected to the bankless dow whoever you are I, i'm going to be at permissionless and uh i want to make friends i want to meet you and talk to you so i'm excited for that this will definitely come out before permissionless and so anyone heading off to that seek out although you'll probably be wearing your um one of your special shirts right Ooh, i'm gonna bring my dow punk t-shirt with me so that'll be one way i don't know if i'll be able to get uh, one of my own perchy style things in time for that but i i will have my dow punk all right cool awesome this has been a ton of fun for me. I really appreciate you taking the time. And I know it took us a few weeks to get together, but we had just been doing some audio stuff until now. And, and I really wanted to be able to put up some visuals for this. And so, you know, like I said, initially, this will go out audio only on Bankless Dow Presents. So anybody searching for that, that's the best way to find Making Bank, as well as the other shows that we're creating. Bounty Hunters, the next one coming out by Xerox Brandon. So check that out. And really excited. Looking forward to forthcoming chippies and more bankless locations. And with that, I guess we'll, we'll sign off. This was, this was a lot of fun. Yeah, I, I really appreciate talking to you, and it's been great. I'd love to do it again sometime and, uh, yeah, hear more about your, your experiences in, in Costa Rica and 
maybe talk talk about you a little more than just yeah, talking yeah, about I'd love me. To do that sometime. Yeah, uh, so. yeah, I got all kinds of stories to tell you about Costa Rica. <laughs> Thank you for listening to today's segment of Making Bank. If you like what you heard, please hit that subscribe button, turn on notifications, and give us a rating on your favorite podcast app. We'll see you later this week on another segment of Making Bank.